in a world where literally anyone can host a podcast. Two stoners come together to unite their marijuana and movie knowledge to bring you the latest movie review, as long as they remember to press record. Welcome to the Blunt Movie Reviews. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Travis Aerosmith, and joining me in the Blunt House is my co-host... Jesse Pena. Now, before we get started, we would like to thank everyone for all your continued support. All your likes, shares, subscriptions, even the comments. Everything helps. And if this is your first time at the Blunt Movie Reviews, we want to let you know that we're blunt about these movies. We're blunt about our opinions. We're not here to jerk you off. We're not here to jerk off Hollywood. We may be a couple of jerk-offs, but not when it comes to movies. That's right. Uh, We try real hard not to give any spoilers away, except during our four-minute spoiler zone. And you never know what we're going to do. We could just tell you the entire movie in four minutes, or we could focus on key points that we did not like about it, but it would give away the movie. And this is also, I think this is only our second episode, our new episode since we returned from our summer break. Uh, Last week's episode, we had Manfred Hine on the show, a comedian in the local Las Vegas area. And we're going to have a couple more uh, Be Kind Rewind episodes in the near future. I I know we have Manfred on for another show, so... We would like to thank Archie Brown and Lionsgate Picture for giving us the opportunity to screen this movie prior to its nationwide release, which is August 23rd, this Friday. And that movie is Angel Has Fallen. Hi and welcome to the Blunt Movie Reviews. We were all set to kick it off with this movie's top cast. Starting all the way on top with the director. The director of this film is Rick Roman Waugh. I only remember one movie that he's done in the past, and that was 2013 Snitch Mm -hmm. with The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. And I've seen the movie a few times, but I can't tell you what the fuck it's about beyond the plot. His son gets busted with drugs. The only way for him to get out is take his son's place and pretty much snitch on drug kingpins so he can get his son released from the charges. So he's basically trying to fight for his life till the end of the movie? Yeah, it wasn't very good. Okay. That wouldn't be right. Which I'm starting to see as a trend I will go into later. Which brings us to the main actors of this film, Gerard Butler. I like a few of his movies. I think we've even brought up some from the past 300, definitely. I, that's definitely on my list. Uh, so I was kind of scrolling for something that we might have haven't talked about in a while or haven't talked at all, and I landed on 2009's Gamer with Michael C. Hall, Ludacris, and Logan, Logan Lerman. Sure. I think that's it. Lerman, yeah. that could be it. But uh, (laughs) Gerard Butler is a convicted felon on death row, and he is pretty much stuck in a video game. He's an avatar, but in real life, for a person who is controlling him with a basically a a controller. A 14-year-old kid is playing online video games, but using Gerard Butler as his actual character. Like like it was Call of Duty or something. What I remember him most from 
Um, it was one of my favorite English movies of all time. It's 2008 Rock and Rolla. Stars Tom Hardy, Idris Elba. It has, um, obviously... One, it ha- two. It has Gerard Butler playing the, the famous one, two. And it's basically a bunch of uh, knock-around guys who, who just do petty crime to get by, but they're, like, super cool. <laughs> I don't want to give too much of, a, of it away. Make sure, uh, You should go check it out. Um, Rock and Rolla, R-O-L-L-A. It's very important. You won't find it the other way. But uh, I got a movie for him that he probably doesn't want to remember. And that was 2000's Dracula 2000. Oh, where he played Dracula? Where he yeah. played Dracula. Uh, this is a bad movie. Yes, it was it not was. a good movie. But that's where I remember him first. Where I saw him and where Gerard Butler came into my mind after seeing him 300. I'm like, oh, shit, that's Dracula. Yeah, shit. <laughs> Up next, we have Morgan Freeman, who, who I most fondly remember him as Detective Somerset in 1996 movie 7 where he stars alongside Brad Pitt as two detectives trying to catch a serial killer. Yeah, he's a serial killer. Yeah. The Seven Deadly Sins, that's uh, what he's following his murder rampage on. Yeah. Morgan Freeman has quite a lot of credits on IMDb. He has uh, 125 credits, and he's still working. He's still making these movies. So I looked for something that I haven't seen in a while that I liked, and I landed on 2005's. Unleashed. Yes! <laughs> yes! It's on my list. That's on my list. <laughs> Starring Morgan Freeman, Jet Li, and Bob Hopkins. Such a good Bob movie. Bob Hopkins. That's right. It's such a good movie. Well, Jet Li is held captive ever since he was a child, and he's raised pretty much as a guard dog. He's got a collar. When it comes off, the beast unleashes. And he escapes from Bob Hoskins' uh, control and capture and tries to start a new life. But he's a vicious animal. He really is. He, he, uh, it's as soon as that cage opens up, he just starts wailing on whoever's in front of him. It was really an entertaining movie, yeah. and at that time, Jet Li was at like the height. That of was his definitely the, like the the yeah the height. I'd say yeah, absolutely. And uh, he he did a really good job portraying someone who has no social graces or you know had not a normal life and just kind of lived like an animal. He did a good job portraying that you know considering it was Jet Li. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also in this movie, we have Piper Parabo, which. I think most guys will go all the way back to Coyote Ugly. That's what I remember her from. TBS constantly. But I actually chose a movie or a TV show that recently came out on Netflix this year. Turn Up Charlie. Yes. With Idris Elba. Come on, it's Idris Elba. Uh, trust me, I tried to put him in something else earlier today. <laughs> Idris Elba is a DJ from the 80s and 90s that just kind of flushed his money and his fame down the drain. And Piper is at the height of her career and she kind of lends a uh, helping hand to Idris Elba letting him babysit her child in exchange for studio time. I think it's a very funny series. I enjoyed it. I will watch the second season when it comes out. Up next we have Jada Pinkett Smith who I remember mostly from oh god what year was it? 2005 set it off with Queen Latifah, Vivica Fox, it was a bank robber movie where uh, four women get together and totally do a bunch of fucking heists. And uh, I really don't remember too much about it. Well, I remember the movie being entertaining, but I don't remember her being the hype of the movie. I do not like Jada Pinkett Smith. Okay. I don't think she's a very good actress. All right. I think she's a spoiled little rich kid that... Uh, 
We'll say a, a fourth grade girl that has invited everyone in the class to a birthday party except for that one kid. And the whole world is that one kid. And she, I just think she's a horrible human being. Oh, wow. So I decided that I was going to look back in the movies and try to find the last time I actually liked her. Okay. So I had to go deep. I went all the way back to 1994's A Low Down Dirty Shame with my favorite Wayne's brother. Keenan Ivory Wayans. Okay. <laughs> Mine's Marlon, but it's fine. Also starring Rock, R-O-C, Charles S. Dalton. Dutton? Dutton. Charles Dutton? Charles Dutton was in Charles that movie. Dutton, dude. But uh, Keenan Ivory Wayans is a private detective, investigator, and uh, Jada Pinkett Smith is his secretary. And he just gets in trouble, tries to save her, and I, it was a funny, entertaining movie, especially for back in the 90s. It seemed low budget to me like not a lot of people wanted to invest their money right. in the wayans brothers at that time yeah so it was kind of like the low budget entertaining action movie like bad boys was the first right, one that right. came out i know what you mean so i also wrote a few other names down on here we have danny houston in this movie who is the quintessential bad guy you need him to be a bad guy Danny Houston yeah. is the guy for you. Striker. That's right. I was like, I have that down. Striker and Wonder Woman. He was he was the bad guy in Wonder Woman. Well, I actually wrote down a movie we reviewed last year and we really liked, which was 2018's Game Night with Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams. Oh, yeah. That's a great movie. Very funny movie. Yes. They have a game night every week. Uh, Jason Bateman's brother moves back to town and insists that he's going to host game night. Well, it gets a little out of control and people get shot, but very funny movie. Very entertaining. Doesn't he play the Bulgarian? Is he the yes, Bulgarian? Yes, he plays the Bulgarian. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a couple people in this movie. Well, one, for instance, that we haven't seen in a while, at least in a big major motion picture, which is Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte, So yeah. I wanted to bring him up. And one of my favorite movies that he did was 1990's Another 48 Hours, starring Nick Nolte, Eddie Murphy, and Brian James. And... Nick Nolte's a cop, and he needs Eddie Murphy's help to try to take down a serial killer. So, very funny. I think it's even funnier than the first one. And then the last actor that I wanted to bring up today was Tim Blake Nelson. I don't get many opportunities to talk about this movie that he was in in 2003, Wonderland, starring Val Kilmer and Lisa Kudrow. Okay. This uh, It follows the story of the detectives trying to figure out the Wonderland murders, which all centers around the great porn star John Holmes. Mm -hmm. And it's quite a, quite a movie. It's a good movie? I've never oh, yeah. seen it. Very good movie. Just the story and how the murder, because, I mean, it's about drugs and sabotage and betrayal, and, and it being a true story makes mm -hmm. it even better. And this is back when Val Kilmer was Val Kilmer before he was murdered and cloned into what it is now. Travis, hit me with the movie guy plot. After Secret Service agent Mike Banning prevents the assassination of President Trumbull, his loyalty is brought into question as Mike Banning is framed for the murder of his fellow agents, an attempt on the president's life. Now, Mike Banning must clear his name and stop the assassins from completing their mission of eliminating the Commander-in-Chief, motorcading to a theater near you. Now that we got that out of the way, we get to do one of my favorite parts is where we load our glass twisty blunt That's right. and smoke a bowl. Oh, man. 
This week we're smoking Blackberry Kush at 21% THC. So we're going to smoke this and review the movie. Like there's one mystery solved. Now how about we hit that blunt? Review. So this is the third movie of the Fallen series. That was starring Gerard Butler. The first one was uh, Olympus Has Fallen. Mm-hmm. The which second. was kind of a diehard in the White House movie. And then the second one came out, which was, it reminded me of, we'll say, 16 Blocks with the Commander in Chief. Okay, I like it. Yeah, it's a pretty good description of the two movies. Right, London Has Fallen so, is the second one, being the second one. Yes, yeah, so we reviewed the second one, and we actually told people it was, I think we gave it at that point three out of five joints and suggested if people want to see a mind-numbing action movie. This is the one? Yeah, that was the one. So, what is your opinion of the third movie? Well, this is one of, if not the only movie trilogy that has been released by a different production company. It's never yeah. happened before. Yeah, all three movies were released by different production companies, and all three movies were directed by different people. That's crazy. That being said, I felt this movie was a mess. It wasn't quite sure what it wanted to do with itself. If it wanted to make Mike Banning a god, or if it wanted to make Mike Banning a human being who is breaking down physically and mentally, because he did both these things very well in this movie. Um, it was almost like a light switch came on and off when he needed to be a superhero, and when he didn't, he was not at all. I mean, there were moments where he paused for seconds at a time. Um, well, that's one thing I did like about this movie is they did humanize him a little bit. Mm -hmm. He is still suffering trauma and injuries from the second movie. Right, right. Which I like because it's, like you said, the superhero switch, it's not always on. It's kind of like he digs deep to pull out that superhero. Right. Well, I can, I can, I can understand that. But it, uh, it gave me everything I was hoping to not know at the beginning of the movie. Um, the very suspicious meeting with his friends, just everything going the way it went, you just kind of, I, I saw everything coming is pretty much what I'm trying to say. Yeah, this movie was very predictable, and I think if there was a 15, 20-minute extended trailer, that's all you could watch and fully understand what the movie was about and have all the good parts received. And, I mean, really, if it wasn't for Gerard Butler being as charming as he is on screen... I wouldn't care about this movie whatsoever. Um, I enjoyed the other pe other people who were in the movie: Morgan Freeman, Nick Nolte, uh, Danny Houston, Pinkett Smith to a, a lesser degree. But it was just it was just so by the numbers. It's like they you know they had a coloring book and it says, "Hey, number two means red. Color red right there because it's telling you to do it." And it was just it was just very just not very memorable. Well, I had a few problems with this movie, and I'm going to start with the director. Right off the top, I'm going to start with the director. Well, the first movie's director also directed both Equalizer movies, The Magnificent Seven, Southpaw, Shooter, Tears of Sun, and Training Day. Those are all really good movies as on their own levels, too. Right. The second movie, Babak Najafi, that was the only one we saw that he actually did, but we would watch his movies in the future. I look forward to what he brings out. But I am very disappointed with Rick Roman Watt, which I don't think I'm going to see a lot of his stuff. And this is mostly because of the cinematography. Well, right off the top, I'm going to bring up the action scene. There was a major car chase scene 
in the movie through the woods. Now, it's like they had 15 little GoPros and they taped them to the side of cars because you're looking long ways down each car. Now, they're going to hit shuffle on all the cameras for this three-minute fucking car chase. Right. Until you go into a fucking seizure. And another thing, we don't need to see him shifting gears three, four times in this tra- in this car chase. Absolutely. He is in forward motion. I believe he's being able to shift the vehicle. Right. It's not past the believable realm. It was it's just... almost like a Steven Spielberg, I need to push this point into your brain over and over and over. And also, it's... It, is this the guy that did the Blair Witch Project? Because <laughs> all these action scenes was... Like the Blair Witch did it. It was running. It was very shaky and very close up. Mm-hmm. Gerard Butler is in a car chase. There is action going on. I do not need to see only three inches of his whole face on the entire big screen. Absolutely. Same with Morgan Freeman. He's in a coma for most of this movie. And I'm surprised Morgan didn't smack the director. Get that camera out of my fucking face. Mm-hmm. Why are you that close? Do you need to be that close? It reminds me of a child, a small child that discovers something on its phone and wants to show the adult what they found. So they stick it right up in your face. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Well, I, I'm in agreement with, with, with you in the, the woods chase scene, which you cannot careen down a narrow fucking dirt road in a big rig you know, going max speed and not hit a tree fucking immediately. Immediately. Like, there's no way you're going to be able to control that big rig. Trying to get away from the feds or... It's just... It's insane. It was just so unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I am with you with the close-ups. There were so many close-ups. It's like, what, six, seven different close-ups in different scenes that were just so unnecessary when they could have just been moving the plot forward. Yeah, well... It seemed like there was two cameramen. One had a tripod. The other one was Michael J. Fox. I'm glad we're giving him work, but he does not need to be a cameraman. <laughs> Make him the director. This would have been a better fucking movie. Because it really takes away, when you're getting motion sickness, from any time there's an action scene, a motion scene, a car chase, a run, a fight. It's I, it, like the camera guy was scared he was going to get hit, so he's shaking the whole time. <laughs> I agree. And when they're running through the woods, this is thick fucking forest. Yeah. A lot of trees. Yeah. The only thing that's in focus is Gerard Butler. It was just like the Blair Witch Project. Do you you know what I mean? They're trying to run away. You can't see him. The background and the foreground was out of focus, and it looked like a guy running behind a wooden fence with just a couple slats. He's just looking over the head. Hey, let Gerard Butler sit down, man. Why are you making him run like this? The music in this movie. I don't remember hearing a note of sound in this movie besides the movie itself that's how unforgettable it was yeah that's you... why i think the cinematography was taking so much away yeah i mean already we have bad cinematography a very predictable plot i mean we were looking as soon as the guy walked on screen we're like oh here's the bad guy there's a bad the guy, guy. And then, and then another big thing that drives me nuts, and they've all done it to all three of these movies, is the last 10 minutes is such a drag. It's pointless. You can finish it up with a joke. We could be out of there 10 minutes earlier, but instead it's like uh, Jerry Springer's final thoughts. The show's over. We don't give a fuck what you have to say, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, <laughs> shut the fuck up. End the show. So... <clears throat> I mean, those are pretty much my major problems with the movie. But there were some things that I did like. The one that I said, they humanized them. That was enter- that 
I don't know, made it a little more real. Mm-hmm. And this movie wasn't completely over the top like a lot of action movies. You know, it they almost kept it keep it within a realistic realm. Mm-hmm. Oh, even Morgan Freeman's acting in this movie was very wooden. I mean, to be fair, he was in a coma for most of the movie, and he was amazing in that coma. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Best coma actor ever. But Eat it, your heart out, Days of Your Life. But in interviews, he said the only reason he's doing this movie is for the money. He doesn't give a shit about the characters. He wants but, that money, baby. He said that flat out like to an interview. Like, why are you doing this? He's like, for the money, man. It's a sequel. It's going to give me twice as much money as the first one and the second one. Well, he's getting royalties for all three. He was in all three. Started out as the Speaker of House. Then and he now was the he's vice the president, president, baby. Yeah, and now he's the president. Which is funny since you said that. Uh, Angela Bennett, she only did agreed to do the first movie because she wanted to work with Morgan Freeman. And her role was originally written for a man, mm-hmm. but they rewrote it for a woman for her. Oh, cool. Yeah, I like that. It was pretty cool. And she showed up for the second movie and, well, not the third. They even replaced uh, Gerard Butler's wife in the third movie. Uh, the Rada Mitchell. Two. Rada Mitchell was the first yeah. one. Yeah. And they changed, changed her with Piper Parabo. Yeah, which I, I don't mind. I mean, I, I like them both, so... I think I'm, the only two people that reprised their roles were Morgan Freeman and Gerard Butler. Everyone else I'm, is new. They recasted the characters. I, I, well, I think, I think we're, we're lucky because Gerard Butler, in an interview, has already stated that he is hoping that this is the last of the Olympus of Fallen movies. He doesn't want another one. Well, he compared this movie to Logan. Yeah, that's not a good comparison. Well, I don't think Logan was very good either. So. I love Logan. That was <laughs> I a good actually movie. like Logan better than the other two Wolverine movies. Yes, but that's not hard. But it, it still wasn't as good as it could have been. Uh, one thing, uh, another thing that I do like about this movie is it's an individual trilogy. You can watch all three movies together, mm-hmm. or you can watch them individually. They really don't. Yeah. You won't be lost if you haven't seen the first two movies. Right. But you probably don't watch them in reverse order because then. Morgan Freeman just keeps getting demoted. <laughs> like, what'd he do wrong? <laughs> what kind of scandal was he into? All right, we're going to go into our four minutes of spoilers. So after the theme segment tone thing ends, whatever the fuck you want to call it, skip four minutes ahead to skip any spoilers so we don't ruin this movie for you. If we haven't already, I don't think we have, but maybe. Warning, 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 warning. Warning, 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 warning. Warning, this is your spoiler alert. For the next four minutes, the hosts may be talking about the plot in depth. They may spoil the movie. They may spoil the middle. They may spoil the end. This is your spoiler alert. Warning, 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 warning. Warning, 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 warning. So this movie starts off with Mike Banning running through what looks like a training course, but could be live action, where he is fighting, gunning through a bunch of bad guys, fighting for his life, trying to get to the end. And then at the end, who's there at the end? Danny Houston. And what does he do? First thing he does, he tells him, I trust you implicitly. And I'm like, that's the bad guy right there. <laughs> that's the fucking bad guy. He invites him to his house just to cement well, at home. When the, I want the you to have dinner. Course, after the tra- during the training course, Gerard Butler kicks a guy down the stairs, and the guy confronts him afterwards like, dude, why'd you be a dick? We were why'd just training. Yeah, what the fuck? And the Gerard guy had Butler's a point. like, you gotta, 
you got to act like this is real life every time. Otherwise, you're going to be dead when it comes to training. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like I said, just to cement at home that he's the bad guy, he's like, I want you to come meet my wife and kid. I trust you implicitly, completely, all the way. And from there on, he is deciding whether or not he wants to become the new director of the Secret Service, uh, taking it from Gentry. And he is taking Morgan Freeman... uh, fishing morgan freeman loves to fish he says in the first movie they couldn't get a hold of him in the first movie president trumbull because he was fishing right so mike bannon has to accompany him on his fishing trip they're out on the water mike's back's acting up he got hit by a fucking car in the he's last been popping movie. pills like nobody's business yeah. he hurts so he wants to take a little time off he starts getting off the water but all of a sudden the assassination attempt starts fucking drones are flying you saw it in the preview kamikaze attack they thought drones. they were bats Bats during the day. I'm not too sure about the Secret Service team. They might not be the they sharpest were, they tools were not in the very, shed. I had no idea. So Gerard Butler, he goes and he saves the president. He does what he fucking does best. Because I think that's all he can really do is save the president. Unfortunately, <laughs> he is the only member of the Secret Service team serving for President Trumbull to survive. And immediately he is cast under suspicion of carrying out this attack and making sure he doesn't die. And Jada Pinkett Smith, the FBI agent, which, come on, she is not an authoritative figure at all. It's not believable Mm -hmm. of her as a federal agent. I think they should have brought in Tyra Banks. That's just my personal (laughs) opinion. But she lays down a bunch of evidence that anyone looking at it would be like, this guy was set up. Who? What smart guy that has saved the president twice, works for the Secret Service, has clearly left all this just evidence Just an orgy of out. evidence. Yeah. Just, hey, come check this out. It might have well been gift-wrapped and sent it to the DA before he even went on the fishing trip. And the only thing that could have saved him during this whole thing was the fact that President Trumbull was in a coma. And this is the funny part for me, is when they explain what's going on with President Trumbull, they're like, hey, what's going on? He's like, I don't know. He, he doesn't doesn't have a brain bleeding, so I'm not sure why he's not waking up. He seems up. perfectly fine, but he's in a coma, and he he's should, not coming to, he's unlike not Mike up. Banning, which should be ready in about five minutes. There it is. He's ready to go. Go ahead. Go go move on with him. Like they're microwaving two it was fucking a, hot pockets. It was a terrible explanation for why the president wouldn't wake up. Whatever. So Mike Banning is cuffed and he dis- you know and charged with the assassination. Yeah, he's instantly getting sent to jail. I mean, he's yelling at these people. Are you guys fucking idiots? This is obviously a setup. Look at this shit. <laughs> and so which it's- which forces him. He's got to break out of jail. He's mm-hmm. got to get away from these guys and clear his name so he can. Save the president, because you know they're coming back to take him out. Right, they got absolutely. to. They got to. It's the only way to get away with it. And it all seems to be his friend, like I said, Danny Houston's character, um, trying to get his private military company some contracts so that he can make that fucking fat cash, because they've been kicked out since, what, Obama? I believe Obama did away with all of, a lot of the private military companies we did. Well, I think they were blaming it on Aaron Eckhart, the president, before that's, that's who was, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> that's what I meant to say, Zach. I didn't mean this. I don't even remember his character's name. But Gerard Butler doesn't have many people he can trust, so he hunts down the one person he knows that can help him, or at least he can lie low for a little bit, and that's his dad, Nick Nolte, which is the highlight of the movie. This, I think the cinematography was so crappy, they couldn't afford a tripod or a second camera. They had mm. to use a GoPro because they used their whole funny... Oh, and they couldn't afford light bulbs. <laughs> wow, we burned through. The, we didn't even touch anything on those four minutes. There's so much more I wanted to talk about. But I guess that's it on uh, the spoilers, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's got to be it. I mean, really, it was just so much that we could talk bad about that it was just it was hard to get through. I, I well, think it, one thing we didn't get to say beforehand or during the spoilers is the scene with 
Nick Nolte and Gerard Butler was probably our favorite scene it was through the, the, the movie. climax of the movie. It was the most entertaining and just seeing they worked well together. They uh, really did. They, yeah. Nick Nolte really hasn't lost it. He is still got the chops and he looks terrible. Yes, he, <laughs> he looks really like does. he smells awful. <laughs> but uh, I, that scene was a very good scene. It's a lot of booms. A lot of booms. Guys are going to like that scene. It's a very, very good scene out of the whole movie. That was the best scene. So, Jesse, what would you say people do when it comes to this movie? Should they see it in the cinemas, wait to stream it, or just say fuck it? Well, if you've seen the other two, I'd stream it. I'd wait to stream it. It comes out on DVD, whatever you want to do, however you want to acquire this uh, movie. Do it when it's on DVD. If you haven't seen any of them, I think you can skip it outright. I agree with you 100%. If you've seen it before and you absolutely have to watch it, then stream it. Don't go to the movie theater and pay for it. Yeah, not missing much. I, if a guy comes up to you on the street with a bootleg DVD copy, take that. Buy that shit. Yes. Like, well, five as long bucks? as it's like, yeah, five bucks or less. Don't, don't. Yeah, don't go over bucks, that. Five bucks, bucks is actually much, a lot, I think. I'd say I'll give you three bucks. You know what three I mean? Three bucks. <laughs> You're negotiating. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they come in those really, like, I mean, they're ghetto, but the little plastic cases that they make themselves. Do you know what I mean? And then they, they print out the cover art or the poster art and they so put it on. So if a, the guy actually did the work and was a little creative, <laughs> I'll give him with five it, bucks. Five bucks. I'll give him five bucks. Extra two bucks <laughs> for going the extra mile. <laughs> So that's going to bring us to the end of our show where we like to play one of our favorite games to close it out. That's where we take a movie from our past and try to reboot it with a cast <laughs> that hopefully doesn't screw it up. We call it Reboot Madness. Reboot Madness. That's right, kiddos. It's time for another edition of Reboot Madness. This week's movie is 1998's Enemy of the State. Starring Will Smith, Gene Hackman, and John Voight. Travis, hit me with the movie guy plot. Lawyer Robert Clayton Dean becomes the target of a corrupt politician and his NSA goons when he accidentally receives key evidence to a serious politically motivated crime. All right, Jesse, who did you choose to replace Will Smith as Robert Clayton Dean? Well, considering that doing while doing my homework for Reboot Madness, I rebooted the movie The Fugitive. So I had a whole different cast. I had to do it all, and it was hastily done. But I think I did a pretty good job considering. And I ended up going with Michael B. Jordan taking over Will Smith's role. Nice. Yeah. I, I might be able to sit, maybe. I don't know if he could pull that lawyer off. That's He's a very good-looking guy. That's all that matters. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Jesse, who did you choose to replace Gene Hackman as Edward Lyle? Like I said, it was very quick, but I chose Christoph Waltz. I thought he could be uh, you know, a guy that's kind of you know, a little bit in too much into the conspiracy theories that can you know, be that one that help you get you over the edge so that you don't get you know, racked with that murder charge. And to finish it up, who did you choose to replace John Voight as Thomas Brian Reynolds? Well, I, you know, you got to choose someone with some gravitas that has the same kind of weight behind their stare that you would be a little scared of talking to, but you know you got to because he's like your father figure. Um, J.K. Simmons from movies like Ooh, Whiplash. I like J.K. Yes, Simmons. He's very good, very, very, he's a very tough guy. You can tell, you know, he would add some weight to the role. So, and that's who I went with. So who did you go for? Who did you... Have recast Will Smith in this movie. 
Well, I chose Ryan Gosling. I'm not much for Ryan Gosling. That's very true. And You're his not. Spoon fucking acting. But he did a movie in 2007 with Anthony Hopkins called Fracture, where he played a cocky lawyer. And I thought he did a really good job as it. Who did you get to replace Gene Hackman? Well, I chose Forrest Whitaker. <sighs> yes. I thought that would be a pretty good one. That was a very good one. Very good one. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I could see him being the same kind of character, like like I said, like, you know, someone who's a little, a little too paranoid, deep. but too fucking paranoid. Smart for that his was own the word I was looking for. Yes. And last but not least, John Voight. Well, I chose Brian Cranston. Yes, that's a good one, too. God damn it. <laughs> 2008's Breaking Bad, I, I thought he could really bring it home a kind of a dirty senator, which I think John Voight was, was a senator. But So that's going to end this show this week. <laughs> Tell us who do you think did better and reboot Madness this week, either Jesse or Travis. You can put that in the comments wherever you find this podcast or this video. Uh, you could also put in the comments who you think would better cast this movie. Uh, you can find uh, me on Twitter at Travlet Smoke. You can also find us on Facebook at our Facebook page, Blunt Movie Reviews. You can find us on YouTube at Blunt Movie Reviews. See, there's a trend going. Uh, you can email us at uh, the Blunt Movie Reviews at Gmail. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play. Just type us in wherever you listen to any of the podcasts, your podcast directory. We should be there, except for Spotify. We don't want to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> and if you really want the visual, if you're not very good with actors, faces, names, stuff like that, you can always watch our YouTube channel. We do a visual version of this show. That's right. So when you're out there watching these movies, don't forget, stay blunt. Tell the people what you really feel about these movies. And we want to thank everyone again for listening, and we hope you come back and listen to us again. All right, Bob, that wraps it up. Roll credits. Let's get out of here. Good job, everyone. Good job. <laughs>